How's it going, everybody? Year 3, episode 10. That's right, already in double digits with episode 10 of Pat's Interference. This is your Alabama episode for the week. We're going to break down the Colorado State win. We're going to go into the Vanderbilt game and how Alabama is being disrespected. I don't understand it either, but Patrick and I are going to break it down for you. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. This is Pat's Interference. What's good, everybody? You're listening to Pat's Interference. We've done one half score of episodes this season. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 10, and we're going to be talking Alabama today, of course. First podcast of the week, 41-23 win over Colorado State in Tuscaloosa. With all that said, I'm one of the co-hosts, Patrick Brickman. And I'm the other co-host, Patrick Norwood. Brick, the exact game we were looking for from our last Alabama podcast episode, we said we wanted to see third down conversions. We saw a bunch of those. We wanted to see Jalen Hurts throw the ball, and we wanted to see Bo Scarborough run the ball. We saw all three of those things. Some people still not satisfied. I was satisfied, Brick. What did you think of the game? I was more than satisfied. I was, you know, of course there were nitpicks and things here and there, and there were some you know, major glaring holes, but, you know, I didn't watch this game and go, oh, we're we're dead meat where we're sitting right now. You know, that's the way a lot Not of people meat, are acting, no. and we'll get into that. We're, I want to spend probably the second half of this podcast talking about a lot of the talk that's about Alabama right now, but uh, game-wise, you know, I said I wanted to see Alabama come out fast. I wanted didn't want to see any kind of huge down game, and we didn't. They scored 14 quick points. I know the score was close uh, leading up to halftime before Alabama made it uh, 24-10. But, no, we, we saw a lot of efficiency, still no turnovers, and, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with what I saw. Yeah, I am too. Got to put the twos in for a while, see what the Hawaiian punch could do. Uh, you know, just looking looking here at the numbers, um, you know, you've got uh, 23 first downs, 7 of 12 third down efficiency, like I talked about. We wanted to see that. Almost had 500 total yards of offense. Um, you know, held the number one passer in the nation at that time to uh, to a little under, let's see, uh, 250 under yards. Yeah. Um, you know, so overall, a great game. Didn't control possession of the clock quite like we are used to with Alabama. But, you know, 23 first downs, no turnovers, four penalties, which were eh, frustrating. But, you know, I don't think that's something that's going to be a trend. We wanted them to start out fast. They went up 17 nothing by the end of the first quarter. Can't get much quicker than that. I don't know of any team that's really going to beat us if we put up 17 in the first quarter. Um, you know, so overall pleased. Um, you know, uh, great to see Robert Foster make a big play. That's that's yeah, my yeah, big takeaway from the game. Um, you know, everybody's been saying, oh, well, it, and I told you this whenever we talked. I guess it was Sunday, like we usually do, but um, – you know, it seemed like every single time the broad- the broadcasters and just everybody in the media, and like you said, we'll talk about it in the second half of the episode, and I hate saying that, the media, the media, because you and I are both part of the media, and we have both talked about how much we hate the fact that people just lump us all into one big group. But at the same time, the media has been just dogging Alabama. It's like they forgot that Alabama beat a number three team in the nation. You know, uh, just constantly talking about things like, Oh, well, you know, Jalen Hurts only target is Calvin Ridley. If he's not throwing to Calvin Ridley, can't throw it to anybody. Next play, Robert Foster takes off. Or, no, excuse me, Cam Sims gets a huge, like, 15, 16-yard reception. And then Robert Foster takes off for a touchdown. Oh, well, Damian Harris is their only running back. Bo Scarborough carried the team that game. 
oh, well, they're missing a lot of parts on defense, but they haven't really played anybody yet. Going to be interesting to see how these defensive backs hold up against Colorado State. They did fine. They had two picks. But yet, at the same time, you would think that we're the number 18 team in the nation, and it's this steady decline. Oh, it was just, it was like that the whole game. And uh, I'm forgetting the broadcast team they had out there, but, uh, uh, what was his name? The, the, specifically the announcers, one of them, um, every time I listen to him, I feel like he's not, he, he's one of the big detractors. He's, it's almost like when he has to say something good about Alabama, it pains him. Um, and you're exactly right. I mean, it's like Alabama was, what did you say earlier? It was like Nick Saban had on a headset and was listening to the game. And the second yes. something happened, we, we would prove it wrong. Exactly. Uh, Exactly, and, and, and it's a bad recency bias. There's a horrible recency bias going. Okay, I'm, we're getting ahead of ourselves because this is stuff I want to get into in a little bit. So uh, yeah, let's let's go would back you to like the game. To start with offense or defense. Let's start game. with offense. Jalen Hurts, twelve for seventeen for two hundred and forty-eight yards and two touchdowns. QBR of ninety-eight point five. Foreshadowing that we're going to be mentioning QBR later. Uh, he was Alabama's leading rusher with eleven carries for one hundred three yards and a touch. Bo Scarborough had 12 carries for 66 yards, which in the NFL is a pretty good day. He also had a touchdown. Damian Harris, 11 for 53 and a touchdown as well. Uh, you know, Najee Harris, Joshua Jacobs. We finally get to see Joshua Jacobs, even if it is just for a carry for six yards. Nice to see him back out on the field. Uh, Ridley and Foster carrying the receiving core. Uh, Bo Scarborough getting three receptions for 36 yards. You know, kind of playing that... Uh, that uh, Greg yeah, McElroy very involved in the passing game this year, right? And kind of playing that Greg McElroy offense, as my brother and I like to call it. Uh, oh crap, my receivers aren't open. Where's the running back? Dump it to the running back. The running back gets ten or twelve yards and it boosts up my average. Well, there are worse uh, things you could do. There are worse. One hundred percent. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to. at all. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Alabama went undefeated and won a championship in two thousand nine by doing it. Oh, so yeah, I'm not Mark saying Ingram it's bad at catching all. Catching those passes. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, overall, the offense, I, I'd give it a B plus. You know, there were some things that I felt like Alabama could have brushed up on a little bit better. Jalen Hurts still struggling a little bit to sort of recognize blitz packages, but I think he did a better job in this game. And I expect them to get better uh, through this this upcoming Saturday. Yeah, the offense kind of hit a lull. And when we say offense, we're talking first team. I'm not going to sit here and break down the second team offense. No, I'm not either. With the first team, they, they hit kind of a lull maybe the first eight or so minutes of that second quarter. And, and that's when Colorado State made it 17-10, which, you know, the announcers wanted you to think, well, this is interesting because they get the ball back. Uh, and then, yeah, Alabama came out and slammed the doors. A third and nine, by the way, uh, it was uh, Robert Foster's 52-yard touchdown reception. That came right. on a third and nine. It did. Uh, it was a big You're play. Right. He ran a good route, and him getting the ball and showing how explosive he can be. Hopefully they can keep unleashing that this year. Um, I thought the blocking was good. I thought we got a good push. Uh, we averaged six yards a carry. Jalen Hurts, I mean, every time he carries the ball now, it's it, it's eight yards, nine yards, 15 yes. yards. Yeah, the read option looked really, really strong the other day, and on Bo Scarborough's touchdown run, I think I could have run through the hole. I mean, it was huge. huge. Big thing to me. Still no turnovers. Three games in, no turnovers yet. Knock on wood, please. Knock on wood. I am sitting at a wood desk. I'm knocking right now. But that's, you know, if we're going to break it down, that's uh, that's pretty big. That's pretty yeah. big. Jalen Hurts is being efficient. You know, people are, knock, people are knocking his passing yards in the first two games. And, and you know, whatever. He was moving the ball. And uh, then he went out there. He put up 248. He had a, a, over 350 yards of total offense in a game that he played only three-fourths of. Um, so yeah, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the play calling. I think the offense is kind of finding their footing. 
Uh, we're going to open up with, with a couple SEC games here, and, and I think by the time we hit what they call, uh, and what people are afraid of Alabama hitting, but what people call midseason form, I think the offense will be coming along pretty fine. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Jalen Hurts is 67.9% for a completion percentage. He's got 472 yards on the season, four touchdowns, only been sacked twice. People still think he's a bottom five quarterback in the SEC. It yeah, so he doesn't have as many passing yards as Josh Rosen, and people that makes people mad. Yes. But the, I bet you the touchdowns are there. Uh, yeah, I I would well probably not with Josh Rosen since UCLA and they're in the Pac-12. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe that. But they had but that no, game he's... against Texas A&M where there was a combined seventy points in the first half. I think I think Jalen Hurts is in a good standing to uh, make my preseason prediction true. We're not talking Heisman's yet on Pat's interference, but I do think that he's in pretty good standing with who he's got left on his schedule. That I, I think he could be a. Uh, within striking distance of still going to New York. Uh, defensively, and this is, defensively is, no people aren't knocking the offense this week. Well, I'll, I'll be fair. Defensively is where we're getting knocked. I'm going to start this off by saying Alabama came into the game with five injured linebackers. We're moving true freshman defensive linemen over to be depth at linebacker. Five linebackers out, including ones that were backups to the backups. So, with that said... They did give up some yards. You know, the, the numbers are there. They gave up some yards. It happened, right? I mean, all, yes. over, whew, I'm looking at uh, nearly 400 yards of, 500 yards of offense. Given yes. up? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, total I, yards, 391, so nearly 400 yards. Yeah. And it wasn't even as bad as I thought it was. No, 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 no. That's why I was looking through. I was like, wait a minute. I don't think that's right. But, um, yeah, it's... I don't know why the defense is getting knocked. Keith Holcomb led the team in tackles with nine. Four of those were solo. Uh, Darren Payne right behind him. Like I said, had two picks um, between uh, Ronnie Harrison and Hootie Jones. Good to see Hootie Jones get a nice interception. Um, you know, there was one bad drive. I saw one bad drive, and it, it, it led to a touchdown for Colorado State and kind of kept the game close-ish. Is this the one in the second quarter or the fourth quarter? Second quarter. Second quarter, okay. Um, and it kept the game close-ish, but I, I don't know about you. I never really felt like this game was out of hand. No, I, I didn't either. I, I, I really, really didn't. And um, you know, you talk about that. So we'll talk about that drive in the second quarter. Here's what I saw. Yeah, they gave up some yards, and there earlier in the drive there were some plays that maybe Colorado, some screens that Colorado State probably shouldn't have gotten so many yards on. By the time they were in scoring position. It's just because they had some dudes on that team that could play, too. The quarterback, Nick Stevens, as we said, was the nation's leader in passing coming into the game. Uh, who was that receiver? Michael Gallup? Michael Gallup, yes. He was he was a baller, man. And, yeah, he yeah. made a great catch over Anthony Averett in the end zone. You know, and yeah. nine times out of ten, that pass doesn't get completed. So, yeah, they got a drive in. They got another drive in the fourth quarter once the, the backups were in. Well, I don't want to sound like I'm beating a dead horse, but they did have the number one passer in the NCAA last week. And we were without five linebackers. Yes. And three of them are now back at practice. So the two that are out for the season are still out. All of our linebackers are back now. Yes. Yeah. You hear Kittle in the background? We got a Kittle yeah. alert. He's he's mad. Mad. He's mad that his mom is already in bed. Yeah, that's not fun. That's not fun. Uh, yeah, special teams was special teams. Nah. I, I don't know what Alabama's expecting anymore. It's not, you know... J.K. Scott's really good at punting. Had a 59-yard punt the other day. Papanasty went two for two. That's nice. 
did kick, yeah, that was a, good. He had a, he had a 46. Did kick a 46 yard field goal, but J.K. Scott missed miserably. And it's... yeah, he was he was he pushed his um he pushed his 50 plus, which which showed us one thing. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot. That means that our game plan was to redo the Jeremy Shelley Cade Foster thing. J.K. Scott was going to handle the long ones. I say if we got a 50 something yarder, I'm I'm not kicking it. <laughs> Honestly, no. I'm not kicking it. No, either punt, play for field position, or pass and try and get it. Yep, that's exactly what I do. I just don't see us knocking past a 55 yarder. I guess it was good to get him the experience to see if he can. And I'll probably, you know, I guess if it's a, I'm just saying in a close game, one where we know we need those points, I'm pretty sure we're not going to get him. I'd go ahead and just go for it. Um, I just don't trust J.K. Scott to to put one in past 50. Yeah, no, so, I agree. But Papanastos, I, I think, uh, I think uh, you know, you got to be happy with what he did. His both of his field goals were from forty plus, one of them from forty six, and they both split the upright right down the middle. They both were where you needed them to be. And um, other than that, no team really got any huge returns. Nobody got any huge punt returns. Nobody fumbled any kickoffs or punts. So special teams, I'm giving it a B plus, uh, minus the J.K. Scott, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. 41-23 is the score of that one. Break, are you done with the Colorado State Rams? Yeah, I know we're flying through these um, these recaps the last couple weeks, but it's just because, honestly because of the opponents we're playing. There's just so much we can take away when our um, you know, backups are coming in, in the middle of the third quarter. The game's never in question. Uh, next week, there will be a lot more because we're playing a Power 5 opponent again. We're playing Vanderbilt. It's an SEC game. You always want that first SEC win. In fact, yep. if you're Alabama, you need that SEC win. So... That that's yes. that's about it for for Colorado State. Um, I'm surprised it was the night game. I'm not gonna lie. Let me uh, let me go ahead and lead off our next discussion with the article that I told you that I just read, you and I've got read. the head that I've got I've got the headline right here, and I'm gonna read it to you. And I just want your initial reaction. Okay. okay. I I want pure, unadulterated. Brick. Got it. You sure? Can you promise this? Yeah, I'll give you pure unadulterated since I don't know what you're about to say. A Saturday Down South article says, for its headline, written by John Christ, or Christ maybe, seven hours ago. Statistically, SEC's best defense right now is Vanderbilt, not Alabama. <laughs> I mean, now, I, I understand. I, uh, like, I get what he's saying. Yeah, listen, that's okay. Here we go. So, that's just somebody that wants clicks. All right? We know that Vanderbilt got the upset. We know that they got the upset over Kansas State. But then they played Alabama A&M and Middle Tennessee. All right? So, yes, they've given up a total of 13 points this year against three opponents. They won 14-7. Great win for Vanderbilt. I said this to you earlier in the week. That was their Super Bowl. That was their biggest win since 1954. All right? It's been 60 years since they've done what they did last week, and that's fun. And Vanderbilt allowed to have fun with it. All right, I don't care if their coach is saying, yeah, we're ready, yeah, we're going to become an Adam. They're supposed to. They're not supposed to roll over and say that. But the media right now is just having a field day with all this stuff. And you want to know why it is? It's all horrible, horrible recency bias, okay? Because now we had last week, Clemson went out and beat Louisville, and they looked very impressive while they did it. Two weeks ago... It was Oklahoma looking super impressive against Ohio State, right? That's what people remember. Nobody even wants to go back and think that three weeks ago, 
everybody was going, man, Alabama, once again, they're good. Once again, they're top, they're top dog. They're showing us why. People have forgotten that we already beat a number three team. You're right. That we and beat a team like that and didn't beat them 14-7. to seven. We beat them pretty soundly. Well, and here's, here's the big thing that really pisses me off. They were 18th in the nation. Vanderbilt knocked off the 18th ranked team in the nation. Brick, that 18th ranked team beat Central Arkansas and University of uh, North Carolina Charlotte. No, and that's great. That is awesome for them that they beat number 18. Okay, but they're but not. Gonna... No, that's not. That's what I'm saying. They're not number 18. That's not the 18th best, best team in the nation. That is a crap. We're past the top 10. We don't know who else to put. Oh, well, Kansas State's 2-0, and and they came into the season pretty high. So just go ahead and throw them there. That's that's no one in their right mind would think. Oh yeah, Kansas State definitely the 18th best team, best team in the nation. Oh, that's okay, ludicrous. so now that now now that he's writing an article going, they're statistically they're the best defense guys. You might want to watch out for this. Uh, you think he'd bet 500 bucks that it's going to be that way at the end of the season? I mean, if this is his article and he has to believe in what he's writing, you think yeah. he believes that? You think he actually believes that Vanderbilt's defense is better? No, he wants clicks because he works for SB Nation. And that's what SB Nation does. That's what Saturday Down South does. That's what these second, third-tier Bleacher Report, that's what they do. They write these articles, and they're fun to read for fan bases of that team, but they're not based on anything. It's just, let me get you a click. We're going to auto-play you a video. Boom, boom, boom. There's three different advertisements on the side of your screen, and we just made money. Yeah. And that's what that is. And it's fun. And I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that Vanderbilt's having fun with it because that makes this game exciting. That's what makes this game fun. That's what makes the SEC fun. You've even got the bottom dwellers like S- like Vanderbilt coming and going, hey, we're undefeated. Let's have some fun with this. You know what? Yeah, we're coming for you, Bama. And that's great. And they might play us well. And you know what? There's a 2% chance they'll beat us. But other than that, I don't know why the media is so latching onto this. And it started with Herb Street saying that he's got Alabama 3. Well, that's fine. You have your opinion, and there are two really good teams out there that both have shown they're also really good. But we got a full season to play out. Yeah. Now the defense is struggling. Now we can't defend the pass. Our receivers are taught not how to do jump balls. Um, Our linebackers don't know how to tackle. These are all things I've seen this week. We don't have a pass rush. Right. What are we going to do when we play teams that can pass the ball? Well, I'm looking down our list of schedules this year. There's one team maybe that can pass the ball. And that's Ole Miss. And I'm not afraid of Ole Miss. No, I'm not either. I'm not either. <laughs> uh, I'm also not afraid of Nefe Leal. Le, excuse me. Leal, uh, a defensive lineman for Vanderbilt, who said, Alabama, you're next. And has recently gone on Twitter and said, I just meant they were next on the schedule. And, Brick, I told you this two weeks ago when we were talking about Baker Mayfield. I'm going to say it again. Stick with your guns, man. If you're going to call somebody out, if you're going to do something bold, if you're going to try to make somebody else feel intimidated or, you know, if you're going to taunt or troll or whatever you want to call it, stick to your guns. All right? If you're going to be that confident on a Saturday night after you beat a Kansas State team that was super overrated, that's fine. But don't come in Monday and decide, oh crap, I just talked a bunch of smack, and now we're going to get whooped, and it's going to be my fault. I don't want it to be my fault. Here, let me take to Twitter and try and fix this. You've already poked the bear. Deal with the bites. Anyway. Anyway, so, 
What what is this what is do you what think it is it. that Vanderbilt has to do to win this game? To Realistically, win this game that you know they got to come out and punch us in the teeth. They got to show that they can back up the talk. Right now, I see a team that is overconfident because they have a three-game winning streak. All right, when's the last time Alabama got excited for a three-game winning streak? Nobody should get excited for a three-game winning streak. This is a marathon, not a sprint. I'm leaving that alone. What do they need to do? Well, they need to come out. We've shown that we'll give up yards passing, and we've shown that we can give up. We've shown that we can be moved the ball against last week. All right, three of those linebackers are back. I don't think it's going to be nearly as bad as it was last week, but okay. Kyle Shermer's a pretty good quarterback. I'd say he's about middle of the pack here in the SEC. He's got 700-something yards passing already this year, and that's great. Uh, he's got to come out and move the ball like um, like Deshaun Watson did in the title game, right? Ralph Webb, their running back, he's a good player, right? I will go out there and I'll say they've got a good running back. Good running backs don't really scare me against our defense, and they haven't for a while. So it's got to be on Kyle Shermer's shoulders. Um, he's just got to come out, and he's just got to pick apart our young experience. It's going to be intermediate passes that kill us in this game. All right, it's going to be ones that the linebackers are going to be covering. I think our corners are going to be fine. I think our defensive linemen will be better than their offensive line. If they're going to beat us, it's going to be because Kyle Shermer is able to hit intermediate passes where our linebackers are supposed to be vacating space, but they're young, they're inexperienced. I broke that down better than I thought I would. That was great. No, that was great. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a time of possession and a, uh, honestly, a special teams game. If Vanderbilt's going to beat Alabama, they've got to control, uh, you know, time of possession and where the ball is on the field. If they can't do those two things, I don't see it happening. And honestly, I think Vanderbilt needs a little bit of luck in this game. Uh, I don't think they can come out and play their A game and still beat Alabama. No. Even no. if it's they're gonna they're gonna need the kind of luck game. that Ole Miss got two years ago. Yes, balls bouncing up people's heads, right? I, I'm not. I don't want to sell Vanderbilt short just because I'm annoyed at the way the media is talking about this game. I'm not Vanderbilt's selling them good. short, but I Vanderbilt's grew up in Nashville. Team. Vanderbilt's a good team this year. They're good-ish. You know, they're Vanderbilt's to say that good they're middle for... of the road in the SEC isn't even saying that much this year. Yeah, the SEC has the worst defense of any Power Five conference. It's or so worst, bad. Worst, excuse me, worst offensive ratings of any Power 5 conference. When are we going to talk about this, by the way? You know, since we're doing the Alabama podcast, what is up with the rest of the conference? Uh, they got focused on beating Alabama and not improving the programs. That's a good, that's, that's a very good answer to that question. I mean, it's pretty bad when we're sitting here going, Mississippi State's probably the second best team in the conference, guys. Yeah. Um, Georgia's up there, too. But th- that's the top three. And that's, you know... I <laughs> just yeah, we'll you see know it's a weird year when, when they play each other this week. You know it's a weird year when the undefeated teams in the SEC are Alabama, okay, Mississippi State, uh, maybe a little weird, but honestly, Mississippi State started hotter than they have right now. Uh, Kentucky, uh, what? And Vanderbilt, what? Don't forget Georgia, and Georgia, obviously. Um, excuse me, Georgia fans, I, you know, it, yeah. Um, I, it's, it's a weird year and it's a weird couple of years filled with a lot of scandal for the SEC. Um, you've got Hugh Freeze's firing, uh, as the most recent one you've got, you know, people seem to forget that Dan Mullen and Mississippi state kind of bailered themselves a couple of years ago. That's kind yeah. of been swept under the rug. You're talking about you Jeffrey got, Simmons. Yes. You've got LSU, uh, getting rid of less miles. 
You know, it's just, it's a lot of things, and I think it all happened at the same time. Do I think the SEC is done? No, not by any means. Have I said this time and time again, and I'll keep saying it, that college football is cyclical? Yes. Always. I think you're onto something a little bit there when you talked about how the conference was focused on knocking off Alabama and not improving either A, themselves as a conference, not to say that the teams don't want to improve themselves, but they didn't. I just... Alabama strikes me as one of the few teams that actually evolved in this conference. Yeah. Right? We can we can talk days for how Alabama's evolved from 2017, or sorry, 2012 to 2017. Those five years, you're watching two completely different teams. Yes. Say what you will, but Alabama's evolved. Yes. Ole Miss did not sorry, not Ole Miss. LSU didn't evolve. No. They're still doing the same stuff they did forever ago. Auburn, Auburn. is trying to still fit a square peg into a round circle. Yeah. And not having any success whatsoever. Uh, Mississippi State still can't be put butts in the seats. Um, Vanderbilt, while they're playing well this year, can recruit three stars at best. Honestly, this conference is supposed to be probably five teams. This, pro- con- this conference from was... top to bottom is supposed to be five teams. It's supposed to be Alabama, it's supposed to be Florida, Auburn, Georgia, and LSU. Um, LSU. And maybe Tennessee, but it's been about 20 years. Uh, they're supposed to be there, but they haven't, so I'm leaving them out. Those are supposed to be the five teams of the conference, right? And four of those are as weak of, as they've been in the last however many years. LSU's farther down now than they have been in the last decade. Georgia's on the rise, but they're still not what they were uh, their last couple years, uh, you know, 2010 to 2014, um, 2013, I should say. Auburn... They go through such waves, but they've been stuck at the the bottom of their valley since Malzahn went to the national championship. Yeah, it's it's a mess, man. I you know, like I said, I think everybody tried to keep up with the Joneses instead of keeping up with college football. It's not even a top heavy conference; it's a one team conference. Yes, my we're favorite. Way off. We're getting way off track here. But, but no, we're in it. It's our podcast, and so we can do whatever we want. Yeah, I want to say one more thing. Please do. I think that it's such garbage, and I, I don't really root for the SEC anymore. And I was telling someone this before the year started. They were talking crap about the SEC over and over and over again at work, and I'm all for it. Like, I, I don't care. But I, I finally one day I was like, why do you think I care about the SEC? This is a conference that hates the only team that has given them success in the past decade and a half. Why do you think Auburn was so good? The drive to beat Alabama. You know, why? What? what is the biggest earth-shattering, earth-shaking thing that Ole Miss and Texas A&M have done in the past two decades? Beating Alabama at home. You know, LSU and Alabama were the headline for 2011. But yet, anytime Alabama is playing and representing the SEC, whether it be a playoff game, a bowl game, a Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Everyone is rooting against Alabama. So honestly, I don't care about the conference anymore. They can burn for all I care. All right, here. Here we go. So those top five teams that I mentioned besides Alabama, I think what they've done, because we were talking about the fact they're trying to emulate knockoff Alabama, is because they weren't immediately doing it and doing it as well, they overextended themselves, and now they're showing what happened. Okay, LSU has just gotten rid of their 
best coach that they've had besides Nick Saban. Their best coach ever besides Nick Saban, they got rid of him. Some people agree with that move. I'm still not completely on board with it, but that's what they did. Auburn, they never really competed in the first place other than the fact that they made two national championships on luck, but they were never really there as a program. They were there as a team a couple times. Georgia got rid of a coach that had just won 10 games the last 15 years of his career. Now they've got Kirby Smart. We'll see where that takes them. Um, Who am I leaving off? Florida. Ha, Florida. Their coach couldn't handle the pressure and went to Ohio State. So, there it is. The other other four teams that are supposed to at least be competitive just aren't being competitive. The rest of the conference suffers because now when those four teams aren't good, the SEC doesn't look as good as a whole. So now it's why would I go anywhere except Alabama in that conference? You know, unless you're from Gainesville, unless you're from Baton Rouge, what's the point? You know, we're still getting guys from Baton Rouge and Gainesville. I want the conference to be good. It, it, it really does bother me when I, when I look up and I see that teams in our conference are losing games that they shouldn't, right? I don't like the fact that Arkansas got blown out by TCU. That's what's happened. They're not a horrible conference, right? But, I mean, it was... It was not even debatable from about 2007 until 2013, 14 maybe. So six, seven, eight years that the Southeastern Conference was easily the best in college football, without question. Right? They yeah. always win the national championship, but they got three or four teams that threaten it every year anyway. Uh, anyway, that was a fun little discussion on how bad our conference has gotten. Um, Let's wrap up the Vanderbilt into, discussion. I don't even want to get. I don't even want to get into the discussion on on where we would rank them now with others. We'll do that in a different podcast. But um, all right. So Vanderbilt, what do they need to do to win? We said that. What do you want to see from Alabama in this game? What I want to see from Alabama in this game is just a continuation of dominance. You know, you said in the uh, in the Colorado State after the Fresno State game, you wanted to see blood. You wanted to see absolute pure dominance. Uh, you know, an aggressive ground game. See Jalen Hurts, you know, throw the ball around with confidence and go through his reads and check downs and recognize blitzes and everything like that. That's something that I want to see in this game. You know, I want to see, I want to see Alabama come out pissed off, disrespected and pissed off because they feel that they haven't gotten the respect that they deserve for this season. If I can see that, you know, in a healthy way, I'm going to be fine with whatever happens on Saturday, barring a loss to Vanderbilt, which, like I said, I'm from Nashville. Vanderbilt's not beaten anybody of Alabama's stature on their own merit. It just won't happen. Unless no, uh, Jalen Hurts... The state of Alabama is not, not equipped for that kind of upset, and we no. don't actually think it's going to happen. That's why we're talking about it in this fashion. Yes, I think, I think that... Jalen Hurts has to throw four or five interceptions or, you know, turn it over, I should say. Turn it over four or five times for Vanderbilt to have a serious chance at this game. And I don't see that happening. We haven't had that sort of numbers since Blake Sims. They need to hope for rain. Vanderbilt needs to hope for rain. Some kind of act of God that causes us to be off of our game. Yeah. Um, I want to, you know, and... I did say I wanted blood less, and I would love to see Alabama come out and just torch Vanderbilt, and I think they will, and I think that's what's going to happen. I just, you know, I want to see a complete game. That sounds very cookie-cutter kind of answer, but, you know, I keep seeing this, all these detractors talk about they can't do this, they can't do that. I want to see them do what they do, go do it well, walk out with the win. 
Yeah. Right? I don't want to... I don't think you're going to have to tell Alabama to be pissed off. I think Nick Saban's probably telling the team this is what they're saying about you. Right? The same discussions he was having in 2015 before the Georgia game are the same discussions he's having right now. And we haven't even lost yet. We haven't even come close to losing. That's what's killing me. Yeah. Right? Because how do we know? How do we know that this isn't the weekend that... Oh, boy. Let me... I'm just... You know, that... Clemson doesn't get upset by Pittsburgh, right? How do we know sure. that this isn't the week that um, that Pittsburgh beats Penn State? Now I know I'm naming some upsets from last year because I don't know who this team, each team's playing this week. How do we know that this isn't the time that uh, Texas goes and and beats Oklahoma? We don't know anything, right? Nobody last year thought Pittsburgh was going to beat Clemson. Nobody thought Pittsburgh was going to beat Penn State. Nobody thought Texas was going to beat Oklahoma two years ago. You never know. Let the teams play their games, but all I know is that Alabama's three and zero. They haven't come close to losing. Haven't turned the ball over. I will say this: Derek Mason's a heck of a coach. Hey, I like him a lot. We we joke <laughs> about him a lot on the podcast, there. but you know he, he found his magical sheet of paper, and uh, that's one of my favorite articles I've ever read. And yep. um, you know he's the defensive coordinator. That's that's a tough thing to do, you know. But I think it's going to sort of be his undoing at some point. He's just bitten a little bit too much off, uh, more than he can chew. You know, they have a really good 9-10 win season this year. People are going to want them to sort of stay at that level, and I don't think Vanderbilt's equipped to stay at that level ever. This is Vanderbilt's year, though, to get a good record. I, I do think that if they can do what they're capable of doing this year, you know, I think that this will be his last year there. Because I, I think they'll they, they can come out, all right, they've got the three wins, I think they'll lose this weekend. I think they'll lose the next weekend in Gainesville at Florida. I know Florida hasn't been impressive, but I don't see Vanderbilt knocking them off on the road. Uh, I don't see them beating Georgia either. But they can beat Mississippi State, South Carolina, Western Kentucky, Kentucky, Missouri, and Tennessee. I think out of all those games, they've got the best shot at beat. Well, other than Missouri, I think the best shot is Tennessee. (laughs) They're at Tennessee. I knew you were going to say that. I'd say probably Western Kentucky. But, no, if they can win one, two, three, four, five... If they can win four of those six games, right? They're looking at a nice little seven-eight win season. I think Derek Mason should should jump at something else. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, there's gonna be a lot of big name coaches out there this year. Uh, Dan Mullen being one of them. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, sort of to go back to your question, um, Alabama needs to play their B minus C plus game to win. I, I think if they come anywhere near where they've played in the past three weeks i think they'll win by 20 uh i'm gonna go ahead and give you a score prediction i'm gonna go sort of a low scoring game uh as far as this sort of level is concerned i'm gonna go 27 10 um not because i really think vanderbilt's defense is that great i think Alabama's a little bit tired um you know and i think this will be a week to sort of get the energy back up and you know they've been lulled to sleep with two kind of quote-unquote cupcake games even though i hate that term um you know, I think it'll take them a bit to wake up, but once they do, they'll hit the ground running. All right. You said uh, 27-10. I I'm did. actually going a little bit higher scoring. I'm going um, I'm going 35. Shoot, I don't see them getting – you know, I, I know we'll still be missing some linebackers, but I, I'm, I'm feeling like a 35-13. What have you heard from that linebacker front? I, they're all back at practice, other than, of course, the two that are out for the season being um, Terrell Lewis and Lewis. Christian Miller. Yeah, uh, those are the two that won't be back for the rest of the season. All the you know, Rashawn Evans is back, leading the middle linebacker group. Don't back. Moses was back. 
Dylan Moses. Uh, who else was out? I mean, there were a whole lot out last week. There's one more. There. Anthony Jennings. He's back in. Um, so, you know, we, we moved over guys like LeBron Ray, who's a defensive end. And he didn't have to go into the game, but he was being depth. They just brought him over to as a linebacker. Now, he didn't play, so hopefully he's still red shirts. But that's just the kind of depth we didn't have. And we had, like, what, three scholarship linebackers play last week? Yeah. You know, I think we'll be fine. Um, I think our defense, again, it's midseason form. And I feel like this line, this line right here, this this week – between Colorado State and Vanderbilt, this was just the moment that the team's waiting for. This is this is the one. I, th- I just we're about to see the train just picking up speed. Yeah, I hope so. I hope you're right. Anything else I you want to touch gotta, on this I, week, know, my friend? Yeah, I just want to mention this. I just want to mention this. I think Alabama's got a really good team this year. I do too. I really do. I don't think they're as good as last year. All right, I'm not even afraid to say that I think they're not. I don't even think. They're number one at this point in the year. They haven't. I don't think they've been the most impressive team, and I'm fine with saying that because it's such a small sample size. They were very impressive against FSU, and they've played two not as good teams. Right? Clemson's played a really good defense in Auburn, and they look great against Louisville, a team that almost beat them last year. If I'm just being unbiased and ranking, I've not got no problem saying I think they should be the number one team. They've earned it with two big wins, but we've got ten more weeks of the season to get through. I think by the end of the year, Alabama's just got as just as good a chance as every other year being the number one team at the end of the year. Yeah. Now, we're not head and shoulders like we were last year, right? We were head and shoulders the best team all season long till Deshaun Watson snuck up and knocked us down. That's fine. I'm not afraid of what Alabama has this year. There's nothing that really glares at me that goes, this is our undoing. Yes. Barring, it's going to take the yeah. same thing. Barring it's injury, been. I agree. Yeah. I mean, injury can can knock anyone's season down. Any, you know, injury could make the Golden State Warriors not, you know, make the playoffs this year if injury wanted to do what it wanted to do. Um, but barring injury, the same the same formula exists to beating this Alabama team. This is you better have a quarterback play his best game of the season of his career. That's how you beat Alabama. Yeah. All right. Uh anything else you wanted to throw in? I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Right. I, yeah, like I said, we've gotten our score predictions. I'm a little tired of the media disrespecting Alabama, but like you said, they're just looking for storylines on need to calm down. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. If you want to reach us on social Wait, media. Didn't you, you have a sound off this today? I Let's save it. We're going to save it. All right. Well, we got another podcast coming later this week. We do. We do. Uh, again, listen later in the week. we got the NCAA uh, podcast episode coming where we – Totally tell you everything we were wrong about in the past week, and uh, our uh, our playoff picture completely exploded. Basically, um, if and that's that's putting it nicely uh, to say that it exploded. Uh, if you want to reach us on social media, you can. You can follow us on Twitter at pi underscore podcast. You can go to our Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's p a t apostrophe s interference. Go to our website at patsinterference.com. Got a whole bunch of fancy new highlights on there. Thanks to my wonderful co-host Patrick Brickman. Yo. Shot those with a beautiful camera. We've always wanted to do this. Couldn't do it without you. Uh, thank you so much for listening again. And uh, be listening and watching for that NCAA episode. And most importantly, Brick. You know what it is, bro. Roll Tide. <laughs>